Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Hello, passionate people. Welcome to Passion Harvest. My name is Louisa. I'm your host, International Passion Ambassador. Thank you for joining me, us, wherever you are in the world. So excited about my guest today, Jim Self. And if you don't know who he is, Jim Self has the ability, has had the ability since childhood to recall his experiences within the sleep state. Jim is a leading spiritual author and teacher and co-founder of Mastering Alchemy. Jim provides solid, up-to-date information and practical, workable tools that will enable us to keep pace with and comfortably navigate the transition humanity is currently in the midst of. This awareness has expanded into relationships with the Archangels, Ascended Masters and Teachers of Light. I can't wait for this interview. The tools and information presented in the program Mastering Alchemy is a co-creation of these relationships. Jim is the co-author of the interactive book, A Course in Mastering Alchemy, Tools to Shift, Transform and Ascend and Spirit Matters, Down to Earth Tools for a Spirited Life. Jim offers free live webinars, videos, audio recordings, and essential tools on his website, along with the Mastering Alchemy Level 1, 2, and 3 programs, which can be found at his website, masteringalchemy.com. This is his story, and this is his passion. Jim, thank you so much. Welcome to Passion Harvest. Thank you, Louisa. Nice to be with you. Nice to be with you. Thank you again. Let's dive right in. I'm excited about this episode. I'd love to start with you. Talk about recalling your experiences within the sleep state. Do you mind expanding on that and what it is? And Sure, I can be happy to do that. And in a way, that should be the last question. Oh, well, first. let's go. No, I'm no, happy no. to do that last. But let's let's set it up so that it will make sense at the at that end point. Okay. So if I was to say the answer specifically without expanding on it, I would say is the sleep state doesn't speak in English, French, and Spanish, and it doesn't translate into language as we understand language. Mm -hmm. So consequently, lots of people have a challenge when they go to sleep and they have bump into dreams and they don't remember anything else for the other eight hours that they go home every single night because that's what you do. You go home. You simply step out of that physical space into the etheric and the multidimensional aspect of yourself, which is like eight different bodies you have. It's not just one. And you begin to connect with yourself in such a way that you simply go home. And in, in the simplest way, it's like you wake up in the, in the morning and you step out of that space into your day. And when you go to sleep at night, you step out of your day into that multidimensional space. But like I said, it doesn't speak in English, French, and Spanish. And so consequently, I'm expecting the answer to fit my box, my perception, my only way of that I think I know how to analyze things or rational mind, but it doesn't fit into the box. So consequently, very few people can say, oh, I understand what I did in my sleep space. But what they do do is they say, well, in my dream space, 
but your dream space is not your going home space. Your dream space is an aspect of what we'll talk about in a minute is the fourth dimension. And fourth dimension is not a physical dimension, it's a thought realm. And so when you're in that space, you begin to engage with numbers of things in a little different configuration. But if you really ask the question, think about when do you have dreams? For the most part, not everybody, but for the most part, is you wake up to go pee in the middle of the night or you're coming back to awake in the morning. And so what happened in the middle of the night? When you really are having dreams that you recall is when you get back close to the body to where you can make sense of the dream through the box, the rational mind, the physical body's representation of it. But there's so much more to that space. Gosh, and I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, we've only got 60 minutes for this interview. <laughs> I know you want to talk about this at the end, but what about, I mean, I often wake up in the morning, I don't remember anything. Of course, and that's where most people are. And so what happens is, think about it in this way, you're, you're, you're in an airplane, but, well, let me explain this way. So when you go to sleep, the etheric body, which is what most people call the astral body, but it's mm -hmm. much bigger than the astral body, what happens is when you go to sleep, you say to the body, I'm going to go to sleep now. And that etheric body connects to the physical body at the meridian acupuncture points. They're the docking points. So basically the two bodies come together and you say, I'm gonna to go to sleep. And what happens with acupuncture points, if you spin the needle one way in an acupuncture session, mm -hmm. you loosen up the magnetic vortex. If you spin it the other way, you tighten it down. So when you say, I'm going to sleep, those magnetic vortexes, acupuncture points, begin to loosen up. And then all of a sudden, aspects of you start to separate from the physical body. And the physical body goes into rest and rejuvenation, theoretically. And the etheric body begins to, where your consciousness is, your mind, your awareness, not the rational thinking part, but your consciousness, you begin to elevate into that astral plane and then go home every single night, but you leave the body. So think about it this way. It's like um, you're at 30,000 feet in an airplane and you're just cruising along, just oblivious to the fact that you just went, you know, 3000 miles. You're just sitting inside of a box or a little cylinder. And then you start to come down and all of a sudden you hit some turbulent air or just some clouds and, and the airplane shakes and you go, oh, what was that? Well, that, that's like you coming back into the body. So you're playing in this etheric space and it's like playing a fine flute. And then all of a sudden there's a little bit of a disruption and you lose your focus. And then you're looking around to see what's going on. I'm being trying to be simple. Mm -hmm. And then you come back into the body. Well, as you come back into the body, one of the very specific things that happen is you come back to exactly where you left off when you went to bed last night. So if you went to sleep and you were angry or frustrated or tired, or you had a bad day at work, that flute that you were playing just a moment ago, all of a sudden you come in and you connect back to the body. And it's like a hard rock concert just turned back on. It's like, oh my God, I got to go to work and the kids and you just completely got so much noise into the awareness. The flute is still very much there available, but it's not able to be heard because of all the noise and the motion and 
past and future and the distraction of your current experience. This there is, is a way of changing that. Oh, that well, I don't know if you want to talk about this at the end. I could keep going. Well, let's do this and so that if we don't get to it at the end, we'll get to it here. And then I can stop real simply. When you go to sleep at night, pause and do two things. One of those things is simply ask the question, because of all the motion in your space, who got in my space today? Because people get in your space. I don't like you. And why did you do that? And you're, you're not doing it right. And then we get stuck on that thought and emotion, which mm -hmm. we'll talk about in a minute. But if you just stop and simply say, I'm going to clean this out and I'll give you a tool in a minute to basically make this all work, but I'm gonna remove all the stuff that's in my day. And then as I kind of give back everybody their stuff, well, like I said, I'll explain in a minute. Yeah. You simply ask yourself, where did I leave myself? And quite often it's as silly as, oh, I left myself staring at a can of peas in the supermarket trying to decide to buy them or not. It's your attention point. So you. Ask yourself, where did you leave yourself? Just ask yourself right now, what have I been doing all my day? And everything that comes up, you've left a little bit of you in those points. So if you could collect you up at the end of the night, take a breath and then say, now I'm going to go to sleep. You're gonna find your sleep state considerably more comfortable than it typically is when you just go to bed from an angry, irritated, annoyed, or tired, worn out place. This is amazing. So do you want, are we going to get the tools now yeah. or do we have to <laughs> wait in suspense? No, 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 no. I'll, let me, let's have a conversation and then there'll be a point where I'll give you this tool in two or three configurations, mm -hmm. which is a ridiculously simple tool. Okay. So we'll do this towards the end. Cause I want to ask about dimensions and please, please. a few other things you were talking about. Maybe we should dive into your course, then mastering alchemy. Sure. So, <clears throat> So to put it in perspective, in my space, so in my, my awareness, my sleep space is part of that, is I remember where I go. You know, it doesn't speak in English and French, but I remember. And I've always remembered in different ways. And it's, it's not physical, it's an, more of an understanding. It's a knowingness to a great extent. And so in that space, as with every one of us, when you are born, you come into the body with your clairvoyance, your clairaudience, your clairsentience, your telepathies, all of those about 18 different spiritual psychic abilities. Mm -hmm. They're all on. But then the mom, dad, teacher, minister of life begin to say, oh, I love you. And let me tell you how to do this. And this is good. And this is bad. And this is how you do this. And you don't do that. And pretty soon you get talked out of a lot of your spiritual psychic abilities. In my case, I didn't get talked out of an awful lot of them, but it becomes very comfortable watching people lie and live a different truth than the one they're telling everybody else to live. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And so, and also you start playing as a kid to fit into this experience, this third dimensional experience. So you'll go to school and you'll do this. And then it begins to be this aspect of, being created in the image of mom, dad, teacher, minister. We do this, we don't do that. We go to this school, we don't go to that school. We talk to these people, we don't talk to those people. We eat this food, we don't eat that food. And this is good and that's bad and particularly watch out for the guy with the candy bar. And so to a great extent, that whole conditioning of right, wrong, good, bad, and should and shouldn't, which is the fundamental construct 
partial, a big piece of the construct of what third dimension is, which I'll answer that question for you in a second. But what happens is we wind up living in fear. We're taught pay attention and don't to a great extent. And so that little kid, if you look at that little kid at one years old, what do you see? You see a smile, you see joy, you see unhinged energy, you see these sparkling eyes. And then all of a sudden the no's and the don'ts and the stops and what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And then it goes on as you grow up even more so it's you, you're not doing it right. And you're never going to succeed if you do it this way. And I told you. Yeah. And all of a sudden those bright eyes begin to be duller and duller and duller. And then we begin to grow up in this third dimensional construct of conditioning. Everything is conditional. There is nothing unconditional in the third dimensional game. And I'll explain that in a second also. And so what happens is we begin to carry around a whole lot of energy with us that basically says, I'm not okay. You're not okay. Now, the interesting part right here, if you want to change an entire reality, and I mean that literally right here, because I do it with thousands of people, is if you could understand that question that you've never been able to answer for yourself, what did I do wrong? You know that question? What did I do wrong? How come they Why am like? I here in this well, reality? That's a bigger question. That, uh, that's even, that's an easy one to answer. Oh. Literally, that's one can of the Can you easy- answer that for me? <laughs> I absolutely can. One of the easiest things. But the one that is not answerable is the one that is not your question to answer in the first place. What did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? And what happens is, in that conditioning of mom, dad, teacher, minister, even your best friend who has an opinion about X and Y, and all we believe my best friend because they're my best friend. What happens is somebody else says to you, I have a gift here. You're not okay. You're not doing it right. You're really not smart. You're not attractive. You don't fit. Nobody's gonna ever really like you anyway. All it has to be done is said once or twice. And what we do is we drop our energy down and we begin to ask the question, what did I do wrong? But if you can just hear that and recognize you didn't do anything wrong. This was somebody else's bad gift here. I'd like to give you a gift. You're not okay. It's an unanswerable question in each of our own personal spaces. I mean, we can make mistakes trying to figure out how to do something in our life. But when you walk around and you look at people, they're walking around with unanswered questions in their backpack that they can't answer because they're not their question to answer. You never did anything wrong. You you decided to eat that kind of food even though somebody told you not to. You decided to hang out with that kind of kid over there because you liked them, but but the society didn't like them, et cetera, et cetera. So you wind up with this conditionality in your space that basically the world says, I don't accept you to some level. Now I'm not talking hundred percent. I'm talking yeah. about in those one moments, those one seconds, because it only takes- Everyone can relate to that. Absolutely. One second, somebody said, boy, that was the stupidest thing you ever did. And do you go do it again? No, you never revisit it because, oh, they didn't like me. 
So one of the pieces of the third dimension, now to begin to answer your third dimensional question, is in the third dimension, it's very much about the external world. I have to go to them to get approval. I, I need them to like me. I need to get an A on my test so that I can get a job so that I can be wealthy or successful. But what happened to that internal core guidance system that when you were a little kid, you knew it all the time. It was that place, that internal guidance system that basically when everybody said, let's go do this, something inside said in that heart space said, I don't think so. This doesn't sound like a good idea. And if you didn't do it, no, or better yet, if you did do it, you usually found out that, yes, that was a good idea not to do it. But I went and did it anyway, and it's like, oh, well, I knew better. Or the one that says, I'm right at the edge of the cliff, and I've got to jump. I've got to fly. And everybody's going, no, you'll never succeed. You're not good enough. And yet that internal guidance system says, jump. And if you think about that, every time you listen to that internal guidance system, you came out on your feet. One hundred percent. That's that nature of you beginning to be able to engage with and know you. But the challenge in the third dimension is I can't trust me because they told me I wasn't okay. Am I making any sense? Absolutely. And there's just so much fear associated with. Sure. And today all you need to do is look around and fear is no longer this subtle, oh, if you do that, you're going to get in trouble. Fear is as blatant. If you do that, I'm going to make sure you get in trouble. The world around you is going through an extraordinary change, really quite a positive change, but it's not. I'm that. glad to hear that. I'd like to talk about that if we have time as well. Yeah, but on the surface, it's a very scary place out there right now. It has a lot to do with this very specific big transition going from the third dimensional state of mind, which I'll define now, to a fifth dimensional state of well-being. We're in transition. It's that simple, but it's simple is very seldom easy because it's challenging. Do you mind just very briefly, um, and it's a very hard concept to grasp just to define what is a dimension? I can. So let's call a dimension a classroom or even better yet for the purpose of this, let's call it a box. And right now where you're, we're all playing, you are playing in the third, dimension, the fourth dimension, and the fifth dimension. You have access to all of those. But in each one of these boxes, there are rules and structures to that box. So let's just keep it simple. But in the third dimensional box, <clears throat> there is one thing that plays very, very strongly that nobody even challenges, nobody even has much thinking about, and it's called time. And in the third dimensional box, if you ask 99 100 people in the street, 99 of them tell you, if you say, what is time? They'll tell you when they look at their watch, they'll tell you past, present, future, and then you die. Well, this is that's one all. of my favorite topics. Okay. Yeah, that's all there is to it. Time is that, and that's all there is to it, is all they can say. But when you play in the box, the third dimensional time frame is that form, linear time. But what happens in linear time in the third dimensional box you spend very, very little time in present time. Right now, you spend very little time. So now right now we're in present time, 
But where we're talking right now, it's not third dimension, it's a fourth dimensional, and I'll explain that in a second. Mm -hmm. So in third dimension, it works this way. Most of where you spend your time is in the past and is in the future. And, and most of that is in two conditions. One is I did something in my past that they told me I wasn't okay, et cetera, et cetera. And I hope it doesn't happen to me in my future. And so we're constantly have an eye on the future and hoping that that thing in the past doesn't bite me in the butt again. And so, but one of the things that's very flawless in the game that we're playing is something that everybody says, oh, I know all about this, the law of attraction. Everybody yes. knows the law of attraction. In real terms, almost nobody knows about the law of attraction because the law of attraction is so simple, so specific. What the law of attraction says is what you put your attention on, I, the universe who adore you, will provide for you. The thing is the universe, again, doesn't speak in English, French, and Spanish. And so what happens is it speaks in vibrational vibrations. And so when you begin to recognize another piece of this expandability in the terms of understanding where it is, thoughts are electrical and emotions are magnetic. And so when you think about what happens is when you start putting your attention on that one little moment when I'm not okay, they said I wasn't okay and I can't answer the question I'm not okay. You begin to, in the first place, when somebody says there's something wrong with you, you have a thought, a thought, an electrical thought that says, this isn't good. And immediately there's an emotion that comes right into the body that goes, oh no, what did I do? I'm gonna get in trouble. And then the third thing that happens all simultaneously, the body tightens up. So what happens is my body tightens up I kind of stoop down, I withdraw. It's like, oh no, I've done something wrong. And then what happens is it kind of goes away, but I have this uncomfortable feeling. And so how a thought works, it's really like a, a motor. You have a electrical source and a piece of metal in the motor and, and it, the metal is magnetic. And when you begin to wrap the wire around the magnet, it begins to be stronger and stronger and stronger. So if you think about it in pure mechanical terms, you're, you're walking along and you're in a great space and you're having a wonderful time and somebody says you're not okay. And so you're in your spiritual space and you're not okay. I drop into my mental space and I have a thought electrical. So this isn't good. And then I immediately have an emotion. Oh no, I'm embarrassed or I'm humiliated or I'm, something and it's an emotion. And then I start to say, this isn't good. This isn't good. And I begin to wrap the thought around the magnet. And all that happens is you get this huge magnetic field that begins to build up tighter and tighter and tighter. And if I said to you, can you think about something when somebody told you you weren't okay in life, I almost don't even finish the sentence and you already have the answer to the question. Yes. But when did that happen? 20 years ago, 10 years ago, when I was in grammar school. So what that tells me is somehow or another, I'm still holding on to that electromagnetic thought and emotion. 
and I'm carrying it around unresolved. And for the most part, I have it stuck here in my backpack. So going back to the law of attraction, the law of attraction says, what you put your attention on, I will provide for you. And so this is where people who do affirmations get stuck sometimes. They go, they can sit and say, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good for 10 million times. But it's the last affirmation that usually is, but I'm good, but. And all the but is, is I'm looking over my shoulder at the backpack and recognizing I'm carrying all this. I'm not okay. I, I don't do it right. People don't like me. All of those out there that I'm supposed to be satisfying, I, I, I'm not doing a real good job of that. I don't feel okay. So what do you do about this? So the first thing that you realize is, or begin to play here in, in this third dimensional game is the thought is that thing happened to me in my past. I hope it doesn't bite me up here in the future. But when you hold your attention on it in the backpack, the universe says, well, where did, she, where did you wake up this morning? I get up and the, and the universe says, oh, I see you still have that backpack full of stuff. And because you're the creator being, and my job is to never second guess the creator being. My job is to fulfill you, to give you what it is you choose to create, what it is you hold your attention on. You must love this I'm not okay stuff. So I'm going to give it to you again today in a new color and shape and form and sound tone and bring a new person in to tell you, to validate you, all that stuff. Oh, I see you have, you're not okay. Here, Lucia, how about some, I'm not okay for you today. Am I making any sense? You are, but I'm just thinking, I want to get rid of the backpack, Okay, <laughs> which so, I don't have that often, personally. See, yeah, and so, yeah, but it's it, correct. And most of us navigate our life in some very good ways. And we don't pay attention to the backpack because there's nothing reminding us at that moment that I might embarrass myself. And so we figure out how to avoid all that, but it's still sitting in the backpack. So what happens though, is when you start to say, not so much I wanna get rid of the backpack, the better choice is I wanna know who I am. Wasn't mm -hmm. that the question you asked? And I wanna know how, and I wanna live my life in a way that fundamentally, if you ask again, a hundred people, what is it you want and you say, here, look, let's say you just won the lottery. You got $10 million. What do you want? I want to travel. I want to have some nice things. Okay, you spent the first half million. You have 909.5 million left. Now what? And there's a blank stare on their face. Well, what do you really want? I want to be happy. I want to laugh. I want to have good friends. I want to eat nice food. I want to sit and enjoy myself. I want to look at beauty. And I want to feel this smile inside that I'm enjoying my life. None of that costs money, but that's what people will tell you. So, well, but I'm playing the game in this third dimensional box. So let's add a couple more pieces to it. Third dimension is conditional, unconditional. And when you hold your attention on the vibration of the things in your backpack, even though they're not conscious to you, mm -hmm. they're now unconscious because I don't ever want to look at that again. I don't like it, we say. Universe says, hey, I'm going to give you a little bit more. And so all of a sudden I wake up today and here is 
something that relates to, again, I'm not going to be okay. I don't have enough money. Or I had a problem in my relationship. I just lost my job, whatever it may be. When that thing in your past comes up to bite you in the butt, because it will, because you're holding your attention on it, what happens is I am in present time at that minute, but I'm in a reactionary present time, meaning, oh my God, this wasn't supposed to happen. Present time, but reactionary present time. So conditional, linear time, duality, good, bad. We talked about it right at the beginning, yeah. should and shouldn't, right and wrong. And most of that generates a vibration of fear, which is not well-being. So there's your box. And what everybody wants to know is, how do I get out of the box? So first, by defining the box, this is kind of what goes on. Now I can begin to acknowledge it. So let's talk about the fourth dimension for a moment, because it's a very different box. It is first not physical. It is a thought realm. Have you ever been around people where they were, you walk into a room and two people were arguing, let's say, and you go, whoa, I can't be here. This is so thick. The energy is so heavy. Thought realm, anger, rage, resentment, argument is a very dense thought. Butterflies and happy and laughter and joy and fall on your butt, laugh your butt off. There's not a lot of tension in that kind yes. of vibration. But so thoughts create density. That fourth dimensional box is a box. It has, let's say, three components to it that make sense. First, it's in present time. So right here where we're sitting, we're not thinking about the beginning of this conversation or the end. We're pretty much right here in present time. The second thing is in Third dimension, everything happens in reaction. The word choice does not exist in the third dimension. Now that's hard to get your head around because I live in the third dimension. Yeah. But just for the purpose of definition, in the fourth dimension box, you have choice. So in order to have choice, you pretty much have to be in present time. So let's have dinner tonight. Would you like pasta or would you like uh, a salad? I think I would like, it's a present time decision. I'm in present time and I have choice. But the third word is the one that makes everything begin to happen. It's an odd word, paradox. Paradox simply means what was true a moment ago is not necessarily true right now. And what was false a moment ago may not be false right now. So this is a huge opportunity because one of the things that happens in the third dimension is the belief that the past is fixed. It happened. It's done. I can't do anything about it. It's over. This is my plight in life. Now, in a minute, I'm going to tell you that's absolutely not true. But for right now, what happens is what you, in the present moment, in, in a choice, you have the opportunity to choose differently. But in the third dimension, you know, somebody shows like somebody shows up on your doorstep and you see them and you say, I know you. You're the one way back then that stole from me and you're never going to be okay. It's a locked-in belief. But in the fourth dimension, they show up on your doorstep and you can say, I remember you. 
how can I be of assistance? And what that person might say is, you know, 20 years ago, I stole something from you and I've been in guilt ever since. And I now have enough courage to stand here in front of you and give you back your $3 that I stole from you and tell you how sorry I am. I can say, get off my porch because you're probably not a nice person and you'll never be a nice person. Third dimensional reaction. Or I can simply say, huh, interesting. Come in, sit down with me, have a cup of tea. That's who a great way to explain it. See, because who you were 10 years ago isn't the who you are today. And we hold everybody hostage in the third dimension because the past is what it was and therefore. So in this fourth dimensional space where you hold blame from the third dimension or guilt, or I'm a victim or I'm not okay, they're never going to like me because that's happened in my past. Would you like to find a platform to be able to simply recognize that the past is simply two things. One is it is a piece of information. That person stole my wallet. The second one is, or let's maybe put in another example. Somebody says, I say, how are you? And the person says, oh, I'm really good. Well, somehow, oh, I'm really good doesn't vibrate as like, oh, yay, kicking the butt, yeah. really good. So you say to them, well, what's going on? And they say, well, my husband, wife died 20 years ago and I'm sad. Okay, I can hear that. But what they just basically said is I'm putting my attention on an event 20 years ago. And when I put my attention on the event 20 years ago, I choose consciously or unconsciously to feel the emotion that was tied to the event 20 years ago. What's interesting about that person, you say, oh, I'm sorry about that. By the way, how was dinner? You had a great dinner last night. And the person goes, oh, it was so good. Oh, wait a minute, what happened to sad? Where did the sad go? Am I making any sense? Yes, and each so moment we have a choice. You have a choice in the moment, present time. But in present time, third dimension, it's reaction to the past. Yes. So you have this paradox where you have choice which is your first real step of your personal freedom. But then let's move to the fifth dimension. Interesting thing about the fifth dimension is you cannot take your baggage with you on this journey. You can't take your embarrassment, victim, persecutor, rescue, or format. You can't take grief and blame and guilt with you on this journey. You can't take it because that fifth dimension in simple terms is all about well-being beauty, appreciation, gratitude, certain, capable, gracious, commanding your own presence, co-creation, cooperation, integrity. See, how do those words feel? They, they A lot kind of lighter. They, they feel fantastic. So if we, if we sometimes often, whether even if we're in the fourth and we think about negative thoughts or the past in a negative, it's, it's almost like we're slipping down. Correct. The dimensions. So there's, there's not only is there a dimension, the box, but each box has a greater level of density to it. To a great extent, it was the game we came here to play, but that's a story for another day. So another episode. But, <laughs> but how do you get out of this? And by basically understanding you have choice and everything functions in present time, there is no past. There's a past present time moment once upon a time. But that was 
an experience that you have access to in your recall or in your ability to recognize you just developed skill sets in the past, but you only live right here. This is all there is, right? This second, well, wait, that second's now gone into the past. So now we're in a new second. Mm -hmm. When you start to be able to stay in, hold an attention point in well-being, everything begins to change. But we're so conditioned by what's in the backpack and we're so conditioned by the collective human consciousness and we're so conditioned by the agreement to play the game of the third dimension that it really, it's not hard, but it's a, one of these things where you are presented with another set of choices than just this is how it is, mom, dad, teacher, minister said. So would you like some tools? Yes, please. Okay, so let me, let me unravel what I just said. So one of the very valuable tools, and, and I'm gonna to explain two tools, and they are the two most valuable tools in my toolkit for me. And in the toolkit, I believe for everybody that's playing. And so this body of work for Mastering Alchemy is a journey. It's not a certificate on your wall after a weekend class. And it takes time. It's not something that just happens real quickly. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the journey, and there is an end to this journey called Mastering Alchemy. It doesn't linger forever and ever. There's an end. And that end point is putting the seventh layer of the light body together. So you can basically begin to be conscious of being conscious in a multidimensional space and being able to navigate on your terms. That's the end point of mastering alchemy. And there's a long pathway between the beginning and the end. But at the beginning, these two tools I'm gonna to talk about right here are the same two tools that I'll tell the people at the end when they say, tell me the two most important tools of everything I just learned. Yes. And I'm gonna say it's called the rose and the words. Now, let me explain that. Mm -hmm. So you know, when somebody steps too close to you, you kind of feel softly, you feel violated or you feel, well, that's too close and you have to step back or adjust yourself. And so spiritual people also have an awareness that somebody just stepped into my energy field, into my aura. Yeah. So if you were to basically start with what is my aura and how do I manage it and how do I begin to understand it? And also where do, where, what is mine and what is not mine? Because a lot of what I hold my feelings around are emotions of other people that don't belong to me. So the first thing that is useful to understand is where does the edge of your aura kind of start and stop? And there is a defined edge. And so, so everybody listening, just simply do this. Take your right arm and stick your arm straight out in front of you. I'm doing this too. I, yes, yeah. please do. Straight <laughs> out in front of you. And then just turn your palm towards yourself. And plus or minus an inch or two, depending on how you hold your attention point, that's the edge of your aura. It's an amazing game we get to play and I can walk right up to the edge of this and just tilt my head slightly and somebody will say, oh, you just entered my space and they'll be absolutely correct. So if you first can just basically recognize that's the, we're gonna call that the point, the starting point. And I wanna distinguish myself from the rest of the universe. 
not good or bad. I just want to know where I begin and where I start and stop. So, so if you, you know what a rose looks like, can you imagine a rose? Or can you remember a rose? Yeah. So let's do this. Put your hand straight out in front of you again, palm towards you. And between your thumb and your forefinger, would you create imaginary rose? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Now, allow your imagination because it's one of your best clairvoyant skills. So right here, and what I'd like you to do is just pull your attention back to your side of the rose, be on your side. And everything on the other side is Shakespeare's theater for your entertainment. Now, that would be kind of a cool concept. This is me from the rose to my heart and everything else is there for my entertainment. Sounds wonderful. Okay. Now, the other part of this rose is if you were to, don't stand up because of what we're doing, but if you were to stand up and then just kind of spin around with your arm out in front of you, you would create a circle with that rose. That's the containment field of your your Same thing above your head, below your feet. So you're kind of in that proverbial egg shape. But if you can put this rose on the edge of your aura and begin to play a game with yourself, observe from your side of the rose. And let me give you one more piece of this information because it's what I referred to a minute ago. Take a breath and then be just pull your attention in behind your eyes, be in the center of your head. And from the center of your head, look through your eyes at what's out in front of you. Now the distinction is don't go to what's out in front of you because people say, look at that, and there you go, over there. So you're just gonna look at the wall, whatever's in front of you from the center of your head and take a breath and be aware of this rose on your side. Now, in order to do that, you're in present time. You're paying attention to yourself right now. Does that make sense? Yes, and very conscious. Very conscious, see, that's exactly right. I'm in present time and I'm conscious. And now just take another breath and without even thinking about this, would you just be grounded? And so grounding is real simple. There's this line from the tip of your spine to the center of the planet. It was there when you were born. It's not something new. It's always been there, but it isn't necessarily activated. One of the things is if you just kind of feel your first chakra sitting on on your butt, take a breath and just have a sense of dropping that line to the center of the earth, which isn't very far away. And then would you give the command to the grounding cord to simply turn on? It's an electrical switch. One of the things that it does, now take a breath, you're working too hard. Oh, am I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. But that's the fun of the whole thing. Is I think I forgot to breathe for a minute. <laughs> exactly. And that's not uncommon either. We don't breathe very well at all. But what happens is when I'm in present time, I have to breathe. And so if you ever catch yourself not breathing, you're thinking out of the body. That's a topic for another day too. But if you can just kind of be grounded, one of the things that this grounding cord does when you kind of turn it on, being really simple, but that's about all there is to it, is it becomes very attractive to the electrical thoughts that we hold ourselves hostage to. You just ground them off. It's like the, the third cord on the toaster so it doesn't surge out and kind of fry itself all those thoughts that we run around with i'm not good enough and i'm afraid and i don't 
would you like to just give yourself some room to get rid of those thoughts? And it's as simple as just relaxing right into the body, being grounded, taking a breath, be in the center of your head. And sending them away down the cord to the earth. And just letting, just having the intention of relaxing into that cord. Now, people go, oh, it's too simple. Well, it, it's simple sometimes is not easy because quite often we're like a freight train at 90 miles an hour and I'm sitting over here saying, turn right. You know, just turn right. And people will argue, no, I'm going to crash and I can't do that. No, just relax, be grounded. What happens when you start to get into present time, if anybody meditates, you realize that I'm trying to meditate and all I can do is think about all these noisy things. Takes you half an hour if you if yeah. can do that. The noisy things are always there. You aren't. We're too busy out of the body in the past and the future worrying about and protecting. That make any sense? It does. So more grounding and more of the, the rose being aware. Yeah. But see, the, the, this is where it all begins. So the grounding and the rose, and I'll talk about words in a minute. These are your natural state of being functioning from the heart space that we have moved ourselves away from in order to make sure that they like me. And that one of the pieces for another conversation, the rational mind, that thinking mind, it really has two jobs. One of its jobs is to keep you safe. And the other job is to have you fit in. Now, if you think about those two things, very third dimensional Yes, is because if I all of a sudden want to go rip my clothes off and run down the street, it's like, no, 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 you can't do that because, and they won't like you. And so here's that conditionality I have to do for them. So I don't have them get upset. Yeah. Would it make any sense? It does. I'm just imagining running down the street naked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go for it because it makes you happy more often than not. Right. Yeah. So, so let's, so, so these tools, this is really simple. This is kind of the simple part of level one, but what happens is you begin to start to recognize there's more to me and I can like me. And I, you mean I can choose my own life on my terms? Yes. And you say, I'm okay. Well, it's impossible for a person to not be okay. It's impossible. But what happens is you have to work really hard at being not okay. And so being not okay is I'm giving up my seniority to those people over there because I want to make sure they like me. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to interfere with their life. So I'm, I'm not going to say what I'm really thinking. It's a bit and sad, it, isn't it? Well, it's how the game works. And all we're doing here is not to point out how you know, I mean, we could say, well, thank you for the interview. It's really been nice talking to you. Have a happy life. I'm going to go away right now. Then I've just left you with a big pile of all the stuff in my backpack. Yeah. But, but that's not the point of this conversation. What would happen if you could simply begin to hold a different vibration in present time? So let me ask you the next part with these words. So everybody listening, just play this little game. So have, do you know what certainty is? Have you ever been certain? Yes, I yeah, have. Okay. But I mean, there's always sometimes that sort of 
niggling little self-doubt, but it's complete trust. That Okay, but you, you know what certain is. Yes, of course. Okay, so the yes, of course, was a rational mind intellectual answer. I'm not I'm just simply saying to everybody, that's what everybody just did. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, sure, I know what certain is, okay? Mental thought. But now let me ask you from a different place. So have you ever felt certain? Now here, don't even think of, so what you did is you just went in to think about, did oh, I feel certain? Oh, I did. This is like a trick question. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So now let's see if there's a distinction. So literally, really everybody, but close your eyes and simply take a breath, be in the center of your head. And I'm going to ask you to find the feeling of certainty. Just kind of feel certainty. Now, as you're kind of feeling it, it you know what it is because it's natural state of your being. Mm -hmm. but would you notice that maybe your shoulders kind of go back and you sit up a little straighter in the chair and maybe you take a breath and maybe there's a little sense of a smile that comes about. Which I just did all of the above. Yes, you did. Because that's what the vibration, remember I said law of attraction yes. vibration? That's the vibration of the word certainty. What you just experienced was a vibration. And the vibration simply, in terms of the body, it gives it room to relax and kind of sit up. It has a positive feeling to it. It's comforting. I found it it's, comforting. Yes. But what if there are a whole bunch of words like that, and these are heart words, and they're your natural state of being? What if you had 10 words, 10 vibrations? I'm just making up a number. And basically, you don't think I'm certain. You start to live from certainty. Mm. But that's good. an interesting place to be. So let me ask you another question. So have you ever been capable? Do you know what being capable? You, are you capable? Yes. Okay. Answering from my heart. Ah, yeah, uh, of course. Because there was this. That, that was another trick question. And the feeling. But see, now pause for a minute and then close your eyes again. Okay. And would you feel capable? Not think capable just to let that sense mm -hmm. of the feeling be present in the body. Now, we're not looking for all the people who told you, no, you're not. Just how does it feel? Again, there's a sense of strength. I was there's just a, about to say that. There's a presence. Do you feel like you're more present? Yes. I'm here. So when you start to play with these vibrations, there begins to be, let's deal with one more piece because these are the tools that you get to play with. So would you, again, just close your eyes and be aware of the feeling of certainty. And then relax into neutral. Neutral is great vibration. It's simply you step on the gas, everything revs up, but nothing's engaged. Neutral. Mm -hmm. And then would you feel capable? Now, there's a slight difference between capable and certainty. Now, go back and feel certainty. Yep. Then feel capable. And then be in neutral. Another breath, neutral. And then 
would you find the feeling of seniority? Seniority. It's kind of being senior in the body, not old, senior. This is. And not senior to other people or other. Correct. Just, okay. This is who I am, senior. And there'll be that strength and that presence. And there's that word aligned right next to it certainty, capable. And then would you simply notice this distinction? Would you be senior and capable? And then would you be senior and certain? Just kind of shifting the vibrations of the feeling. And then would you be all three? Senior, certain, capable. Take a breath and recognize you're in the center of your head. And this is who I am. And then just simply take another breath and then quietly breathe your eyes open without seeing anything in front of you. Just breathe your eyes open and be aware of the feeling with your eyes open Mm -hmm. and then focus. Okay. What do you notice? Are you different right now than you were before we just played that little game? I am. And I also focused on my heart space as well. So that feels a lot stronger. Um, definitely more present, but the um, it's, sometimes it's hard to put into words. It's not that the it's not that it's denser. It just feels more solid but lighter. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And I am present to notice that. You're never this present when you're in that third dimensional past and future and worrying about and hoping and having not enough and tomorrow is going to be a scary thing. This feeling does not exist in that space. Oh, it exists, but it's not attended to. It's almost like everything went more quiet. You became present. Yes. What if you could live from, well, this is just kind of the beginning two tools of mastering alchemy. I can't wait to do the course. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But see, it's all about the question you really asked. Who am I? And see, this is where we go back to the beginning is I can't answer that question until I have a foundation, a point of perception, a point of awareness, a point of observation where I can discern between what is me and what is not me. And when you don't have that rose up at the edge of the aura, you have, a, you have something called the second chakra and that second chakra is all about clairsentience, one of your three predominant abilities where people feel the world. There's that empathetic relationship but are you feeling the world and noticing what is going on in the world and how do I choose? Or are you simply becoming the effect of somebody else's fear? Exactly, very affected. Mm -hmm. So when you begin to play with this rose and this rose tool is on the Mastering Alchemy site for free. And it's not something like, oh, I got it because as soon as you say that it's a rational mind 
engagement, that this rose needs to be played with and the instructions on how to play with it begin to give you some room to discern how to use it as a valuable tool. So I'm excited. And is it, a, I mean, is it a constant practice that we it's use throughout our lives? It's a practice remembering who you are. See, who you are is the rose, the grounding, the center of your head, the higher mind, functioning from the heart, observing and then choosing an action and living in well-being and allowing the noise and the fear and those things to exist, kind of to be in the world, but not of that world. That's a choice in a fourth or fifth dimensional space that allows you to have paradox in the choice. I used to think this, I used to live this, but does that support me? And if the answer is no, there you are having a past experience that you're looking at in the present moment without an emotion and able to say, I don't need to carry this around anymore. And the part that's the hardest to hear, but it's the simplest to experience, is that awareness, that memory, that construct, that invalidation. As you begin to hold this space in present time, disappears from your reality instantly along with most of the memory structure that the person who said, you're not okay, dear. Let me give you this um, improvement. Do this and you'll be okay based on my terms. Mm. All of a sudden it's like, no, that's not my truth. It's virtually gone instantly. No therapy, simply gone. Now, I'm not selling you anything. I'm simply providing you an observation of what's possible as you begin to start to know yourself. And I'm just, I mean, obviously from my own personal experience, it, it's sort of all this conditioning. It, it, you said it, nothing's instant. We want everything instantly. But, you know, it, it's unwinding years of practicing ways of doing. See, you're exactly right. But see, you're trying to unwind what you've been doing. You're, you, what you just said is very correct. But what if you could just step to the side of all that and build a different platform to kind of stand on certain capable, gracious. Which feels and, really good. And then from that perspective, choose which life feels better. You know, the one that's got all of this stuff in it that I've accumulated or the one where I can just simply choose to begin to live. Now, is there a little unwinding in the, in the relationship to the third dimensional box? Yeah. But once you begin to know that you're not the box, you're not that good, bad, right, wrong, and the ability to choose a different choice from this platform, that begins to sim simply allow you to do things that you did not, one, know you could do, and two, didn't feel you had permission to do mm. getting to know yourself kind of very interesting so just moving along well in the interest of time even though there is no time <laughs> um how how does this um intertwine with the sleep state that you were talking about so you can't so let's say we just began to define a platform mm -hmm. right we just said the rows the tools being getting to stand in a point of reference to observe myself. 
as you begin to get into the heart space, as you begin to get into, I like me space, let a lot of the noise fall away, which it does because it's not your noise to start it does. with. You begin to start to have an awareness of what goes on in these multidimensional aspects. Not so much what goes on there, what you do already there. See, those other parts of you already exist fully consciously. They just simply are not connected to you right here. Again, it's part of the whole game that we came here to play a long time ago, to forget, to be separate from. But the bigger part of you is fully conscious. And so what you're now doing by beginning to get into a place of stepping out of that third dimensional game into well-being, you're beginning to have access to. For example, there's something called the Eye of Horus that people know as a necklace or a mystery school. Yes. It's, it's those things, I guess, but it's really a place in your brain that connects the hippocampus, the pineal, the pituitary, the hypothalamus glands, the sixth chakra, the seventh chakra, all into one functioning unit. And when you start to turn that back on, all of these spiritual psychic abilities, clairvoyance, clairsentience, they start to operate as a unit of consciousness. And again, that unit doesn't speak in English and French. It speaks in knowingness. And you start to begin to know things. Now, keep that real simple, know things. You start to begin to recognize in the same way you have that light bulb go off every once in a while in your head as people talk about, you say, well, gee, I wonder how that happens. Oh, oh, I could do this. That's the knowing space. That's begin to be where you draw your attention from, but something very specific starts to happen. And it really happens kind of by you beginning to know yourself along this journey. You get to a certain point where a lot of the noise, what I should do, what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to act, the kind of food I'm supposed to eat, all of a sudden that becomes uninteresting. It just starts to drop away subtly and it's not missed, it just drops away. But what's really happening is instead of needing the world to tell me I'm okay, I need to go to the world. You start to find that I don't, I'm not disrespectful, I don't need to go to the world. But what happens when I begin to like me, everything comes to me. And you start to have this space where you begin to say, gee, I'd like to go to the movies on Friday night. An hour later, somebody calls and says, I have two tickets to the movie. Your first response is, oh, that's a coincidence. That's what I was thinking a little while ago. And then it happens again and again and again and again and again. And it begins to be really quite obvious. This is not a coincidence. I am simply sitting in this quiet space that I'm creating, beginning to use the eighth chakra, the ninth chakra, beginning to use the eye of horse, starting to function from the heart, starting to turn on aspects of the brain that have been turned off. And I'm beginning to have an intention, law of attraction, this is what I'm holding my attention on and my attention. And all of a sudden it starts to happen in my awareness. Everything begins to change. Now be really clear, I'm not selling you this. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, this isn't, a, this isn't a come join mastering alchemy conversation we're having. This is something that is who you are. And so when you begin to play in that ability to start to have 
awareness in knowingness and not needing it to happen in language, you start to begin to play in that sleep space in such a way where while you're in your dreams, for example, off and on all night long, you're able to actually begin to change the dream. You ever get in a dream and go, what am I doing here? How's this, where'd this come from? What if you could begin to create in the dream the space two weeks later in your physical world that you would like to experience differently. And then as one of the other things, time and space are one thing, they're not two things. And they time and space pass through you, you don't pass through time and space. That's, don't, that was over your head, not your head. It's, that's a too big of a piece of information to try to grab, but okay. just, Another episode as well. God, we've got a lot of episodes coming up. <laughs> oh yeah, this is this is where I get dangerous. It's like, no, let's just do this for the next week. I love this stuff. But all of a sudden, you're able to start to influence in your field of awareness how you would like to begin to experience yourself. And that's when you start to begin to have connectivity to these higher layers of you and these other dimensional spaces and i mean it sounds wonderful and i've experienced that as well you keep talking about the game is that this related to i'm assuming you're referring to we live in a game the game of life so you know religion is is basically created the story of the fall of consciousness and a bad angel and you know wars and all these kind of things there there is we are in, uh, how do you say this, source, creator, God, whatever label you wish to put on mm -hmm. that entity, really the short version, wished to simply know itself in its fullness. And so one of the things that it did, according to the Archangelics telling the story, which is another story in itself. Another episode. <laughs> yep. So they basically said, the source created the creator gods aspects of itself that basically gave a blueprint and said, go out into all the places that I don't know myself and create. And they did. And part of the whole process, this is a throwaway line because it's not grasp, not able to be grasped, but we understand physicalness as kind of everything. Physicalness in real terms is just a creation. And it's like a single grain of sand in the vast deserts of all the universes. One grain of sand called physicalness. Everything else is non-physical. But when they started creating physicalness, I'm gonna be really simple. Let's say they created it in 12 dimensions, but they started, they just started at one layer mm -hmm. and it was, we'll call it a dimension and they call it a density. And then they explored density, physicalness. And then they said, what's more? And they went down a little deeper and a little deeper and a little deeper and a little deeper. But when they really got to this place that we call now third and fourth dimension, there were lots of wobbles, things that, that came together, but they came together at an odd angle, let's say, you know, right. it just, and it worked fine in that part of the game. But when it got deeper into the density all of a sudden what was sitting at that odd angle kind of crashed because this density did not support that creation. 
And so this is where the concept of fall of consciousness came from, is a lot of things that worked in the different dim higher dimensions simply didn't work here. And it, at first it became a problem because it was like, whoa, this is all cracking and breaking. And you know, my puzzle piece is not looking like my, my clay pot is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. But in order to save the clay pot, there were lots of actions that taken, but in the clay pot, there were lots of beings of consciousness that got caught up in the clay pot. Let's call it the chemistry lab and the chemistry experiment went kind of bad. Right. And it was a fire in the chemistry lab. I'm making the story up. And so they had to lock the door from the outside so that everything didn't explode outside. A lot of beings, a lot of the archangelics were inside the creation of the game. And now the game was saved and now it's unwinding the chemistry lab to let everybody back out. And that's what game we're playing. And we're at the final stages of an amazing game and we're being successful. But what I said at the beginning is you can't take your baggage with you on this journey home. The back Everybody's going home. So um, just in even more simple terms where we are a, a consciousness of source or God or whatever you want to call it, and we're trying to get out of the clay pot. The, the game is to ascend to um, higher dimensions. Yes. Game is to remember yourself. To remember yourself. And to unravel all of the parts so that it was, when we get done, we're going to know far more than we, the game will be, have been successful. We will have learned all kinds of things that weren't part of the game, part of the knowledge base before. But what we're doing in this game, see, it's not just the earth that's in the third dimension. There are universes that are locked down in the third dimensional game. But what is being done on the earth and what we're doing is basically beginning to free up massive sections of that third dimensional game. Now that definitely is a story for another day, but through consciousness, through consciousness, through remembering yourself, beginning to put templates of opportunity. Oh, I love that. I'm going to write that down. Templates of opportunity. Oh my gosh, this may not be another episode, but the, the, the current climate that we're experiencing in, and you did mention lockdown that obviously relates to uh, the control of the third dimension control for the third dimension for the Absolutely. third dimension so you have so words like competition and advantage greed Locked imposition down. all of those words there are a lot of beings who are also waking up from the game that are really angry and angry for some reasonableness but they're really angry but it's they don't, but they don't have the time to process the anger in a lot of ways. Everybody is waking up. And so as they're waking up and where they've been playing, particularly for this last 60 year period of time, very much an advantage and competition and, and mine's bigger than yours, better than I, my grass is greener, et cetera, et cetera. That space of advantage doesn't work on this journey. See, everybody has to go home. And 
and there's constructs that have been put into place so that everybody doesn't have to go home at the exact same time. There are many that are waking up, but the ones that are mostly waking up right now aren't leaving into the well-being. They're stepping into the well-being. They're beginning to recognize a consideration that basically, see a lot of people say, well, I'm a healer. And when I can fix everybody else and when I can get the world right and I can get the environment right and climate change right, and then I'll take care of me. That doesn't work that way. You have to take care of you first. But see, it's really this space where you start to play where we've just been playing for the last hour, basically. It's when you begin to give to yourself, 100% to yourself, you find that you're 100% in service to others. It's kind of like this space where you, you know, walk out of the grocery store door, door and your hands are full and you're looking at the little old person with their hands full and somehow you stop and you manage to hold the door open and they say, thank you. And you say, oh, absolutely, you're welcome. 100% for me, 100% service to others. There is no separation in that smile of giving and receiving. The smile and the thank you to the little old lady was the one that said, oh, that felt really good for me. Yeah. And see, this space is a 100% and 100%. And as you begin to start to know yourself, you start to have a radiance of light that begins to be seen. It's that candle on the candlestick so all in the house can begin to see. It starts with you. It starts with you not being a victim, not being in fear, not being guilty and blame, not playing the 3D game that so we true. described. It's simply you giving yourself permission to have for yourself. And it's in that space you find that your giving side improves significantly with graciousness. It's so true. And from I, I can only speak from my personal experience, but when you're in that state, you, the world around you outside the, the row, outside the rows does completely change. Yeah, yeah. So why don't we do that all the time? Because if we had that conversation with most everybody right here, most everybody would say, yeah, me too. So why doesn't it happen? And the reason it doesn't happen is I don't know how to get out of the third dimensional box. That magnetic field of fear and, and imposition and doubt and conditionality and, and terror of standing up to somebody and saying, no, I'm okay. I had a woman yesterday who said in a Q&A, she basically said very softly, and she said, in, I said, what's the word that's been following through your life? Because there was a set of tools that we were working. And she says, incompetence. Oh. And I said, oh, so you're incompetent. She said, well, no, I'm not. I said, so how, do you, how is it you could be incompetent? She said, well, when I was in, when I was in first grade, um, the, woman, the teacher didn't like how I did my letters. And she would hit me with the ruler. And I said, oh, interesting. So are you incompetent? No, I'm very competent, she said with great certainty. I said, do you know how to do your letters? Of course, I know how to do my letters. So why is it that you're carrying, Backpack. How, is it, how is it possible that you could have that in your space? And when really all that happened is an inconsiderate older person who's a, taken on the job as a teacher of little children 
could insult you in such a way and tell you you were incompetent. And why would somebody do that? And was it possible that maybe you are not only competent, you are bright and you're important and you're significant and you're big and you're beginning to know, and that woman couldn't handle that. And so she had to tell you first grader, you're not okay. Is that possible? Mm -hmm. And you can just feel this woman going, never thought about it that way. Are you, so do you wanna carry that round, that incompetence? No. And is it gone? She said, yes, you better believe it's gone. <laughs> That's, and it, it goes back kidding. to in each moment we have a choice. And there was her choice when she had an alternate point of reference to then choose which one feels better and more truthful to my heart. Where I said to you a minute ago, the incompetence in this, that space, that energy was gone from that woman's space instantly, but she'd been carrying it for 45 years in her backpack. I think all of us can relate to some similar stories. Yes. yes. See, so the, go back in the simplest where I'm saying, if you can step into a different platform, giving to yourself platform, certain capable, senior, gracious, a sense of presence and realize I have choice. I guarantee you in that configuration, you will begin to choose competence over incompetence without even a hesitation. And it will be like dust on the shelf that you just wiped away and smiled in the same time. That's what, that's who you are. That's how this journey is unfolding for people. Thank you for sharing that, Jim, just with your, your the simple tools. Um, you really are making a big difference to people's lives. In the interest of time, I'd love to briefly touch on the sleep state you talked about and the tools to, you mentioned bringing yourself together before you go to sleep. So where I said this rose a minute ago at the edge of yours, let's use that rose in another capacity. So you, you now can imagine the rose. And I'm saying to all the people listening, stay out of the thought that says, oh, I'm not clairvoyant. I can't see anything. Remember a red rose. Just simply remember in your mind seeing a red rose and then kind of play. Imagine putting the red rose between your fingers and make believe. These words like pretend and make believe are the words that those that have been taken away your power from you all your life have been telling you, stop making those stories up, stop playing, stop pretending. The pretend is where the power is to create. So create a rose. And then when you get ready to go to bed, stop and create a rose. And the way the rose works is when you give more, when you created this rose, there's more to this. But this rose has the capacity to override lower, slower vibrations in the same space, okay? So if you just simply create the rose, red, blue, green, yellow, whatever you want, no rules, and hold it up and give the rose the command to collect up from my space, everybody that got in my space today. Mm. All you're simply saying, so who told you, you know, oh, you're late for work, or you should have done this, or whatever it is. As you ask that question, you will have little fleeting thoughts of things that came up in your day. Put them in the rose. And then just kind of play with it, and then explode the rose like it was a fireworks. You know, no matter how beautiful it is, explode the rose, and then create the rose again. And you might say a second time, did anybody else get in my space? 
And there will come a thought. Oh, my mother called me this morning. Put her in the rose, explode the rose. The energy just goes back to somebody in neutral. So when you've collected up all that energy, you might just do it once or twice for the fun of it, explode it, and then create another rose and have the rose collect you up. Where did I leave myself? Where did I put a imprint on the canopies at the grocery store going, should I buy those or should I buy corn today? You left yourself in that thought. Where else did you leave yourself? At the stop sign, um, in a particular segment of the television show. Don't think about it. Have the rose collect you up. And when you're all collected up, explode the rose, another simple tool, create an imaginary gold sun over your head and call all of your energy back into the sun. Just kind of sit there and feel it, kind of come down over your head, down into the shoulders, down to the body, down the grounding cords, say hello to the earth, and then go to bed. You're going to find your sleeping space begins to change very nicely. Beautiful. I definitely can't wait to try that. And I just want to ask you, so bringing all those pieces of ourself that potentially we left, um, it's, it's strengthening our unified consciousness. It is doing that because it's calling you back together in such a way to where you start to be whole right here in present time. I'm losing my power. There we go. Um, so, but the key is present time. Here yeah, I am. Right now. Wonderful. Jim Self, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. I've loved talking to you. I've got more questions, so we may have to do another episode. But it really was so insightful, and I love the practical tools and tips that you get. You give, you've given to me and to all our audience, and for anyone that's listening, all your details will be in the show notes. Thank yeah, you so and, much. And once a month, we do this just free lecture, so you come to Mastering Alchemy. There are lots of tools, lots of blogs, lots of conversations with the archangels. They're all free. You know, kind of our whole business model is to give you lots of substantive information. And then if you want to play in the level one, two, three, you have an understanding of what you're doing before you jump into it. That's great. So everyone go and have a look. Thank you so much, Jim. My pleasure. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.